You're listening to the Run Your Business Like a Boss podcast. Hello and welcome. I'm Christy Robinson, your host. I'm here to advocate for you, the business owner who's knee deep in the messy middle. If you're tired of feeling stretched, overworked and overwhelmed, you're in the right place. My goal is to help you streamline, systemize and create a strategy that enables you to step from stressed out worker to the boss of your business. Now let's dive into today's episode. Today, we celebrate one year of the Run Your Business Like a Boss podcast. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I'm going to let you in on a little secret. When I launched the show a year ago, I gave myself six months. You know, I have this saying, you don't need to be great out of the gate. So I knew that I needed to give myself enough time to get better at this podcasting thing. And so my timeline was six months. I said, okay, if no one's listening or if I don't enjoy this format, because you never know until you give it a go, right? I'll give it six months. I'll give it enough time to know whether or not it's working. And if not, then great. I'll just leave it there. I'll have six months worth of content. And that would be worst case scenario. Best case scenario, it's, you know, a really valuable resource for business owners who tune in each week. Thank you very much. And something that I enjoy doing. So that's the latter, obviously, because we're here a year down the track. I want to take this moment to thank you for tuning into the podcast each week, whether you are a OG listener from the very beginning or whether you've just come along just recently, no matter how long you've been listening to the podcast, I want to say thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you. And I really, really do hope that in some way this podcast has positively impacted either you as a person or business owner or your business. So thank you so much for yeah tuning in. One year, hey? (laughs) I thought I would celebrate this one year with a different type of episode. There'll be no intros, no outros, no fancy things. It's just you and I having a chat, but we're doing something a little bit different. I've never done this format before. I wanted to share with you a life and business update, so a bit of a casual chat. And the reason why I wanted to do this is, one, I love it when podcast hosts that I listen to do this. I feel like I get to know a little bit more about their life and about their business in a way that you just don't get when you've got more structured episodes, if that makes sense. And secondly, when I do listen to other people do this on their podcasts, I get to learn things about their business that I could potentially think about for my own business as well. So yeah, a little bit of a different format today and I'm excited to dive in. So we better not delay any longer. Best we get into the episode. Okay, so we're going to start with a life update. Now, you might recall I've mentioned in episodes earlier this year that we are doing a renovation. So we purchased our house. It'll be five years in September, so five years ago, but we hired a buyer's agent to find us this house. And part of the brief was to find something that was livable, updated, but something that we had the ability to be able to put our stamp on. So our intention was always to renovate, right? So we started our planning process in 2018 was when we first hired our architects to look at you know, redesigning the house. And those first plans were 
lifting the house and reversing the living space, very typical of Queenslanders, modernising Queenslanders, so reversing the living space so that it was downstairs and all the bedrooms and whatnot was upstairs. And it was going to be a really big house, right? So I just want to put this into context. We have two children and a dog, and now we have two budgies and two chickens. (laughs) And we were building a seven-bedroom house. Like, that is so much excess, I can't even tell you. But we got really carried away in the design process and we loved everything and we couldn't take it out and all the things. So we made this decision late last year. We were like, we do not want to build that big house. We don't need a house like that. Cleaning bathrooms for days, having empty bedrooms, it was so unnecessary, right? And that's one of the things I think has been so glorious about the pandemic. It's given us such a good opportunity to stop and reflect on our personal value system. And our personal values was not to have this big house. We didn't want this big house upon reflection, right? As beautiful as it would have been. So we made this decision to pair it back, to keep the one level, but to lift and be able to future-proof and build rooms downstairs if we wanted to move the office downstairs, but have everything else upstairs and then have a beautiful big deck off the back. And this we were really happy with, right? We were really happy with this plan. We knew then it would future-proof us right through into our elderly years. Yes, we do think about these silly things, but, you know, we're human and this is what happens for humans. So anyway, we thought this is great. We've got this all figured out. And then at the start of this year, we took the project out for tender. Tender means like getting quotes from builders. We only ever wanted to get one or two quotes just use the referral partners of our architects. And that's all we wanted to do. Unfortunately, in the time that we started doing this process, supply chain issues became even more problematic. Inflation, as you know, has been just climbing this year. Every single quote we got, it was going up by 100K. And we just got to this point where the last quote that we got was so high, I don't even want to tell you the dollar figure, but nearly three times what it probably would have costed pre-pandemic. And this just made no sense to us in terms of A, our serviceability of the loan, B, the fact that we're in our 40s and we'd have to pay this off and we don't want to be working, you know, into our late 70s, 80s to be able to service our mortgage. And, you know, it just felt wrong, right? So we actually made the decision to not go ahead with this renovation in its current format, even though this was our plan B, which was, you know, we were a really happy plan B, right? Sometimes like these these plan Bs end up being the best plans. However, we just made this decision that this is just not right for our family and right for us. So we have decided to make the changes that we need to make in order to be able to support our family and our lifestyle at this point. So what that means in layman's terms is that we're changing around the format of the house that we live in. So uh, adding in some walls, the office that you know where I record my Instagram stories and whatnot, or if you're one of my clients where I have my client meetings, is gone. Well, will be gone. That'll be moved into a different room. 
And this room that I'm recording this podcast from now will become my daughter's room. We're putting in a pool, we're landscaping, doing a few things outside to really make our outdoor living space beautiful. We're on a really big block here, an 800 square meter block. So we're really going to maximize our land space. So we're really happy with that. And we just made the decision that this is what's important to us is to have something that we could live in and love, but not really just be something that we had to stress about. We just didn't want to stress about it. And instead, so we're doing those changes. And then we decided to book a trip to the USA and Canada for January. So we're taking the kids on a big holiday over the summer break, which will of course be winter, but where we're going. We're going to go skiing in Whistler. It's been a couple of years since we've been on the snow. So we're going to go skiing. We're going to take the kids to Disneyland and just have a really amazing experience with them. So post-pandemic, our first big trip, And yeah, so sometimes the best laid plans may feel like that's the thing that you want, that you know what, you end up finding yourself standing outside another door and that's exactly where you're supposed to be. And I really do feel like that's for us. So we're making those changes. Another thing that's really important to my husband and I is moving towards a more climate-friendly, self-sustainable lifestyle. Ultimately, we want to, my husband wants to build a aquaponic system out the back so that we can, you know, be able to cultivate our own food, but we're not at that stage yet for our renovation. We will do that in the next stage. But what we are doing is putting down solar panels. So we've got solar going onto the roof, which is really exciting, which means that we can be off the grid uh, during the day, which is great. And then we're also moving towards an electric car. So we've purchased a new car. We had to wait for so long for this car to be available in Australia. It's been available overseas for a little while now. And we had to wait for this electric car to be available. But excitingly, that came up for sale, I don't know, maybe a month or so ago. (laughs) And I just want to talk about this. Like I talk a lot about client experiences and the client journey and systemization and automation with my clients. And it's so innovative, right? Like the the way that we've changed the way that we buy things like cars has has evolved so much, maybe not for all brands, but certainly for this brand in that we got wind that the car was coming up for sale. And so we knew what we wanted. We'd been on the website. We'd picked the paint color, the interiors. We knew the model that we wanted, all the things. And so when it went up for sale within, I kid you not, 10 minutes my husband had booked and ordered our new car, not speaking to anybody, just booked and ordered it. (laughs) Amazing. So it was such a cool process to go through, but it was so efficient. Like there was no needing to wait on phone calls or go into dealerships or anything like that. It was, and it was really simple. And the way that Tesla has set up their operating model is that they have streamlined the types of cars that you can get. So there's only a couple of options for each of the things except for colors. So now we're just waiting for our car to be delivered. And if you know our children, please do not mention this to our children because it is a surprise for them. They don't actually know that it's coming. So we're keeping it all on the lowdown at the moment. So we've got the new car coming. And so that's pretty cool. And just being able to move to electric, especially I mean, I think we're all struggling at the Bowser at the moment. You know, it's fuel prices are 
through the roof. It used to cost us $60 to fill up our car and on the weekend it cost me $120. And unfortunately, that's not the end of it in addition to, you know, anyway, I'm not going to go down a doom and gloom cycle here because I think that we could easily do that. So that's a big change, being able to move towards electric. We've also purchased a new oven whilst I'm talking about electric. We currently have a gas LV and we've decided to go with induction. So we're removing the gas to the house. So we'll be moving fully towards fully electric. So we've got a new uh, oven coming out. We bought a Falcon oven, which is very nice. I can't wait to have a nice working oven. I haven't had a working oven for such a long time. The stove works at the moment, but the actual oven doesn't. So I can't wait to get cooking and baking and making things with the kids and things like that. So I'm pretty excited about having that new oven arrive when it arrives. I think it's, I don't know, I think the ETA might be later this year, hopefully sooner, but maybe later in the year. So we've got a lot going on with the house. Even though we're not doing the full renovation, we've still got quite a bit of things that are happening over the next few months in terms of uh, workmen coming in and, and things like that. Now, what else have I been up to? Okay, so the next thing that I wanted to share with you is what I have watched recently. Well, it's not so much recently now, but it's kind of recently. I watched The Dropout on the Disney streaming network, and that is based on the story of Elizabeth Holmes, who is the founder of Theranos. If you don't know the story, basically Elizabeth Holmes dropped out of I think Stanford, to found this new company called Theranos, which was supposed to have mobile blood testing stations based in pharmacies and and shopping centres and things like that. Anyway, it was such an interesting show to watch. If you do have the Disney Channel, I definitely encourage you to watch that series. I just kept coming back to the importance of ethics. And the importance of knowing your values and living by your values and really ensuring that your business aligns to those values. I talk a lot about this and it's really easy to get off course and get caught up in trying to get to some sort of business metric, even at the cost of your value system. There's this really great article that I read many years ago. It's a HBR article called Goals Gone Wild, I think is the name of the article. Regardless, I'll tag that down in the show notes. And in that article, they talk a lot about setting these unrealistic goals and then making poor business decisions and choices and whatnot. And it really watching this show made me think of that article. And then also us as business owners, how important it is for us to really align to those values that we have set for ourselves and to, you know, even at the cost when sometimes it's hurtful for our business, but it's the right thing to do to sticking to those values. So I really enjoyed the series and Amanda Seafried, I think I might have pronounced her name incorrectly. She played Elizabeth and she does such an amazing job of her. I did a little bit of Googling of Elizabeth Holmes afterwards just to learn a bit more about her. I do remember when all this was unfolding, but um, you might not know the story, in which case it will all be something that's completely new to you. So go check that out if you're looking for an interesting series to sink your teeth into. And then the last thing on the home front that I wanted to share with you is that I did a little bit of a reset. I did an episode a couple of weeks ago on resetting for the next six months. And one of the things that I didn't actually share in that episode 
not because I was holding anything back, but because just everything else I was sort of focused on. But I did for myself a very similar reset, to be honest. And then I added in to just take a minute to look at my vision board. I've been doing vision boards now since about 2014 was my first vision board, maybe 2013. No, 2014 was my first vision board. And I've been doing uh, boards ever since that time. And I did a bit of a reset and had a look at where I was at for my annual vision board. The board that I had before this was actually a much bigger board. And I had that for a couple of years and I found that to be just harder to connect to because it was just too big. So I decided this year to go back to doing just an annual vision board and, yeah, I I think it works better for me personally. And just looking at that vision board so much has come to fruition. And if you're interested in my story of manifestation and the law of attraction, I have a different take on it. I think what most of the people who talk about this a lot does. So if you want me to talk about that and share my own journey and how that works with my business and my life, let me know, send me a message and I might just do that. Anyway, so I did a quick reset or, you know, a a quick review of my vision board And I'm going to say three quarters of it is already either in play or happened. And they were big things. Like one of them, I put it on there and I was like, I'm not really sure how that's going to happen, but I really want it. So I'm going to put it on there. (laughs) And that is one of the things that has come true. So if you have a vision board and you haven't had a chance to actually look through to see what you've achieved. So I look at my vision board every day, but I haven't, I guess I just hadn't really just taken a moment to do in inventory, like a physical inventory, tick, tick, tick. So yeah, that's it for the personal side of things. Now I'm going to flip over into what's been going on in the business. So you might've noticed that I have started talking about LinkedIn on the podcast. And the reason for this is I've used LinkedIn on and off for the whole time of since I've had my business, but I haven't really had a proper LinkedIn strategy. So a little while ago, I'm going to say not last year, the year before I hired Kylie Chown. I interviewed her for the podcast, actually. I hired Kylie to help me with my LinkedIn strategy and more specifically to help me with my profile. So that was such a great investment to just have her look at my profile, optimize it so that it's searchable on Google, which it is, and to just help me to structure that in a way that better aligned to my business rather than my professional career. So that was really great. I had that done a couple of years ago. And then I just, I don't know, maybe you might resonate with this. If you're like a a LinkedIn user since the dawn of time, this, you won't resonate with this, but it might give you a little bit of context for other people's perspective. But I just found LinkedIn to be really intimidating. Perhaps maybe it's because I was connected to some past colleagues in my previous roles, or maybe it was that my perception of LinkedIn was that it was very, very professional and maybe my tone of voice wouldn't carry across onto LinkedIn, but I was wrong. I will happily admit I was wrong. I am absolutely loving being on LinkedIn. I'm loving creating content for LinkedIn and I'm really enjoying the conversations happening on LinkedIn. So what I mean by that is not just the, you know, being able to put my content out there, but I really enjoy the content that's put into LinkedIn. And so in the most recent months, I've just been spending a little bit more time playing around with my content plan, testing out 
content that I had on Instagram and LinkedInifying it, <laughs> if you like, really just making it more LinkedIn friendly is what I'm trying to say. And yeah, I'm enjoying that. It's reaching new audiences and connecting with other business owners and professional business owners. That's where I've been spending a little bit more time. The other thing that I really liked about like about LinkedIn is that it's perhaps a little bit less distracting for me. So I can get distracted by all the things. Maybe you can too. But on LinkedIn, I find myself less distracted. I just get in there. I have curated my newsfeed really well. Like the people that I've connected with are really people in, you know, a professional capacity in small business. And uh, I'm really enjoying the content that they create. It just feels like a, something that I can manage, unlike Instagram in the sense that I can find myself going down a personal rabbit hole. I don't know about you, but I love those reels on Amazon hauls or Amazon finds. <laughs> Maybe it's cats and dogs for you, but for me, it's those Amazon finds. And then I just find myself just getting going down that algorithm pothole where I just, I'm like, oh my gosh, where's that half hour gone? That was just such an epic waste of time. So I think that that's the thing that I've been really struggling with recently is just the overwhelm on Instagram. Please don't think that I'm boycotting Instagram. That is definitely not what I'm saying. I will definitely be continuing to produce content on Instagram and to be on Instagram and to consume your content on Instagram. I'm just enjoying LinkedIn as well. So that's been an addition to my content strategy, not instead of, if that makes sense. The other thing in terms of social media that I've been enjoying is Pinterest. So last week's episode with Erica Muddyman, she went through and shared what she recommended for Pinterest. And I had set up a Pinterest account a while ago, but wasn't getting any traction. And so whilst implementing her SEO strategy and the tips that she shared with us in last week's episode, I have found that that has been a really great way to bring new audiences to the show. So if you came to me from Pinterest, I would love to know that actually. So if you could shoot me a message either on Instagram or LinkedIn and let me know that you found me via Pinterest, that would be really valuable actually. So yeah, I've been enjoying that. And of course, the podcast is the core staple. This is my hero piece of content for the week. This is the best way that I can support you and serve you in a big way. So the podcast is there. So that is basically what I've been doing on a social media side. From the business side, still doing the business strategy days and the business accelerator coaching program, which is my signature coaching program. That's my private six-month coaching program. But also, as you know, I'm a huge advocate of The One Thing, which is the book by Gary Keller. I've mentioned it multiple times on the podcast. It transformed my business and perspective. And so I had my basically my one program. And then over a couple of years of having only that program, I then decided to launch a small group coaching program this year. It took a lot to launch that program. Honestly, I had to challenge my own thinking about group programs and how to design a group program and and really go deep within. And I had to overcome some serious mindset blocks that I had around going into a one-to-many program or offering a one-to-many program. I hired a business coach later last year to really support me with that. So 
I did overcome that, which was good. I managed to get COVID just before the launch and that sort of took me out and I got delayed and whatnot. But we are now in cohort number one of the academy and it is going so well. I'm absolutely loving this program. I'm loving the way that the business owners who are part of this program are not only interacting with the content and with me, but also with each other. So it's very different to one-to-one coaching. Some people will only ever do one-to-one and I totally respect that, which is why my intention is not to not have my one-to-one coaching program because I love it. I love participating in one-to-one and private, but also I know that these business owners are getting so much value from the group program. And what I love about the academy is that I use a scaffolding approach. I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I scaffold and layer in all of the different elements to support you to develop your business model for your next level growth. And it's so funny because every time we get to a module, the participants in the program are always thinking about, well, now how do I do this? And that's that next step. So I've already thought about all those things. But what's really special about the academy is that I've designed it in such a way that yes, there is training in it, but there's so much about self-coaching. So it's very much designed to get you thinking about the right answers for your business. All the business owners in the program have different businesses and have different business models that they're looking to create, which was obviously one of the things that I needed to overcome and figure out in terms of building a group program. How do I actually make that work for everybody perfectly? So I'm really happy to say that that's become such an amazing program. And I'm really proud to say that I'm opening up the doors for the second round. So if you are wanting to work with me and if you are wanting to look at your business model for growth, then I encourage you to check out the website. I'll tag the link down below and join the waitlist. I will be opening the doors to the waitlist first. There will be a special price for waitlist and then I will do the public launch afterwards. So yeah, really, really excited about the Academy. So that's probably been the biggest things that you will notice about my business this year. There is also a brand refresh happening in the background. So there's been a couple of little changes that have filtered through already, but there's going to be more changes to come on the website. So really excited about the look and feel of the brand moving forward. And just like with everybody who runs a business, just having that up level has been such a wonderful thing to go through as a business owner and working with my designer to really just bring my brand into this next season of its of my business. So they're the big things that I've been working on over the past few months. I do hope that you have enjoyed this format. As always, I'd love to hear your feedback. Either leaving a honest review on Apple Podcast is always appreciated. Even if you've left a review before, feel free to jump in and leave another review of what your takeaways are and what you're enjoying of the show today. Thank you so much for not only listening today, but listening to all the previous episodes before today as well. I also wanted to take a moment to show my gratitude and appreciation for every single guest who has come on to the Run Your Business Like a Boss podcast. Whilst I absolutely love producing solo episodes, I also adore all the people who come on and share their expertise and knowledge. So big shout out to everyone who has been on to the podcast.
That, boss, is a wrap on today's special one-year anniversary episode. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to chatting with you next week. Thank you so much for joining me. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review. And if you're not already doing so, connect with me over on Instagram. My handle is Christy Robinson underscore consulting. And listen up. If you're keen to learn more about how I can support you to run your business like a boss, check out the website, christyrobinson.com.au. Thanks again. And I look forward to chatting with you next time.